Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back. Happy Friday or Monday if you're on the TCK pod listening to this. Um, if you're confused what that is, we are double uploading this because we like to save time and energy. So this will be on two different channels, a week ahead on the Fantasy Stock Exchange and a week behind. I don't really know. It's going to come out. Wait, 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 wait. I'm not getting paid for double dipping. I ain't getting paid for this other one. What are you doing to me here? Dude, I'm not even getting paid for come helping on. you double dip. I mean, come on. Like, this is, this is not – we're here to bring the facts as to why, if you saw the title, these wide receivers are either being drafted way too high or why are they even being drafted, per se, you could say. So let's hit the intro and let's get into these players. Are you ready, Jim? I'm ready. Just want to make sure you're ready, brother. Show me the money. Yo, show me the money! All righty, Dwayne. So I'll let you go first, but how you doing, I guess? We got the draft guide coming out. Uh, when you're seeing this in three days, it's looking pretty good. We're almost done with it. Um, so draft guide, but how you doing? I have spent every minute of my day working on this fucking draft guide. And I think it's beautiful. I think it's going to be the most important thing that's come out on the internet in maybe 20 years. Um, I think you should all go get it. It's cheap as shit. And, 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 as we said before the intro, both of us are tired of doing this shit for nothing, okay? We want something from your pocket into ours. Um, side note, if you haven't tried it yet, I've got, I've got a new beer here. It's, it's, uh, it's Keystone Light, except it's their raspberry lime beer. Hmm. Trying that out. I have one for the 4th of July. Um, but, you know, you can only buy 30 Keystones at a time, so I've got a lot of them left. It's fucking gross, but we're going to drink them for you here on the Fair show. Enough. Fair enough. So on top of the draft guide, obviously, um, it's a running website. And by that, we mean you get access to it for the one-time payment. Uh, the link down below, you can see the types of payment or whatever you want to buy. It's easier just to go read that than we explain it. Um, and then you get access to the website, plus the other perks for the whole year, or I think the whole year. I don't, we haven't decided when it's done. So probably the whole year. So definitely go get that. But with that being said, you, oh, yeah. This, this is what I think, I, I think is real cool, what you guys are offering is that uh, co-manager thing. Like if people yeah. buy the draft guide and the in-season package, they get to fucking pick somebody off this site. I wasn't included on the list, but no, you're you know, on there. I think we'll talk about of, that later. Oh, you're part of the list. You're part of the list. You get to pick one of us, and we will literally talk to you every single week and help you win every week. Ever like we'll help you set line. We'll help you do whatever you want. Like that's that's not a thing that you can buy, is it? I guess it is now. We're pouring I mean, ourselves out to yeah. you. We got to make it, we got to make it worth the money. And I think it's a good thing. That, that is more than worth the fucking money, dude. If nothing else, oh, you're going to make a new friend out of it. Come on. For you sure. Pay, you, pay mean, less, yeah. you pay less for one of us as a friend than you do for a fucking frat brother in college. It's not. Absolutely. Yeah. No we don't, we don't wear short shorts and I don't know. Yeah, but we drink know. a lot. That's true, I guess. But yeah. So if you were wondering what he says and you're still wondering why we haven't started the video, the link down below. If you have any questions, comment on this, Twitter, any other YouTube video. I'm pretty sure we have an email. Don't know what it is, to be honest with you. Um, but <laughs> I don't know. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start this one off. So You said I could start. Oh, yeah. You're right. Okay, fine. You got it. You got it. 
You're so impatient. Sometimes people like the banter. Just give them a couple of seconds worth. I'm going to hit you with my first wide receiver to avoid. Um, And as I was telling Lucas before we kick this thing off, I will never hit this topic without saying this person's name. It's Amari Cooper. I fucking hate Amari Cooper. As a fantasy player, I'm sure he's a good dude. Maybe he's a good dude. I don't know. But he's never going to be on any of my maybe a best ball roster but outside of that i'm not touching him adp's right now he's going as the wide receiver 10 in the fantasy mojo high dollar leagues otherwise it's wide receiver 13 both in fantasy pros and calculator so the big money guys like him a little bit more who fucking knows why um a handful of reasons i'm just going to give you two uh, i've written about this and spoke about this ad nauseum so i'll hit you with two quick reasons just so we can move on first of all he is literally inconsistency personified. Like, he is what that word means. Lucas is going to throw up some of these graphs while I talk about him, but I just – all I did is I took his entire career and I graphed out his finishes, all right? Uh, you know, there's, there's a bar for the top 10. You'll see there's a bar for 21 to 30, whatever it is. The point is, over the course of his career, he's finished outside the top 75 more often than he's finished – inside the top 10 okay that outside the top 75 wide receivers most common finish over the course of his career but it spread all over the goddamn place um next graph that lucas will hopefully throw up for you his finishes as a cowboy so i often hear hey as a cowboy he's been a whole lot better these are half half ppr because i made these graphs a while ago we're mostly ppr here on this show now but this, this the numbers hold up um not a lot better as a cowboy. You see outside the top 50 at the position nearly as much as inside the top 20. He's all over the place. And the best part is like those middle groups, 31 to 40, 21 to 30. Um, they're so small. Like he's either all or fucking nothing on your team. And, the, and when you're drafting a guy as a wide receiver, 10, 12, as your number one wide receiver, that's hard to absorb when your number one wide receiver that you had to take in the second round puts up, uh, you know, wide receiver 85 numbers. A couple other facts that I really love. First of all, um, after over the course of his entire career, if you take all of the times that he finished in the top 12 and then look at the next week, just for, just for the sake of, Hey, um, while Mr. Wildly inconsistent, his average finish the week after a top 12 finish, is wide receiver 49. Um, so if you, ever, if you ever hope to start him two weeks in a row, you can just fucking throw that out the window. Uh, if, he, if he's got a blow-up game the following week, you better have a couple of guys to plug in after him. Here's a couple other facts. The last time he went three games in a row inside the top 24, do you know when it was? I know I've said this to you already, but do you know when it was, Lucas? I mean, I just looked. Um, but if, I, if, I, if you would have asked me before I looked, I probably would have said – the year he came to the Cowboys, like in the middle of the year, probably like people, right away. That's what a lot of people think because it felt like a really big year. But the last time he finished inside the top 24 three weeks in a row was weeks two, three, and four of his rookie season. It's the only time he's done it. That was 2015. The last time he went two fantasy weeks in a row inside the top 10, that was 2016, his second season in weeks five and six. He is not a reliable fantasy wide receiver he is not somebody that I'm putting on a team anywhere because it's you know you're guessing when you can play him now it's not totally guesswork though right like his splits are a thing of beauty if you're looking for like obvious do's and don'ts 
Lucas is hopefully throwing these splits up on the screen for you guys to see. Um, we're looking at home and away splits here. This is while he was a Cowboy. It's actually 18 and 19. I couldn't split up that 2018 year, but he was a Cowboy most of the year. But uh, just look at it. It's, it's 11 PPR points difference between his home games and away games. That's a stupid, stupid, stupid fucking split. I mean, that's as clear cut as it can get. And it's not like the Cowboys as a whole team have these same splits, guys. It's Amari Cooper for whatever fucking reason. Um, my next reason that I think you should avoid this guy is not just that he's going to be a headache um, more often than not for your team, but like there's an opportunity issue for this guy. Uh, you know, in Dak's career, he has averaged the number 22 quarterback in pass attempts, or he, his team has averaged the number 22 team in pass attempts. Last year, he was 10th. He had 10th most pass attempts in the league last year, which was by far and away the most he's ever had. I know we have a new coach coming into town and everybody is going to tell you Mike McCarthy loves to throw the ball, loves to throw the ball. I would argue that Mike McCarthy really likes to use his best players to do their best things. And the first thing you see as a new coach looking at that Cowboys starting roster is Ezekiel Elliott. Okay. We'll see what happens. But uh, I, I struggle to think Dak Prescott's going to be you know, throwing the ball 650 times, 620 times. It's just not something that he does. Um, so there's automatically a cap on Amari Cooper's target potential. I know Randall Cobb leaves this team, leaves 80, 84 targets behind. So there's some vacated target production right there. But in steps CeeDee Lamb, who should not have a problem duplicating that 80, 80 plus targets here in his rookie season, people, most of the people that you will talk to will tell you that CeeDee Lamb is the most athletically talented receiver on this team already. Um, so he, he's going he's gonna to take that role just fine. I think Blake Jarwin does a fair job of replacing Witten's targets. He did when Witten missed games last season. Uh, there were 120 targets total for the tight ends. Jarwin can't swallow all of those, so there is a few to go around. Um, I, I think last year, off the top of my head, we're looking at 119 for Amari Cooper. Maybe he's got 125, 130 this year, not many more. And then there's Gallup. Let's not forget about Michael Gallup. He is sort of the forgotten man on this team. But um, he, he was coming on quite strongly last year. If you look at the last eight games of, of the year last year, Michael Gallup had 73 targets to Cooper's 69. He had six red zone targets to Cooper's five red zone targets. Um, over that last half of the season, Michael Gallup had 20% of the team's target share in five games, whereas Amari Cooper only did it in four games. Point is, over the last half, Gallup, not Cooper, was the guy getting the ball. Maybe that's a trend that continues into this season. I don't know. But between his, his lack of consistency, um, Dak's seeming – inability to continually throw the ball a ton in the league. The new guys coming in to replace the guys leaving. I just don't see a big bump for a guy that didn't finish super well last year. Yeah, I think, I mean, you hit every single point. And I think really what it comes down to for me is there's certain times when you draft based on a fantasy finish. And there's certain times when you draft because you need week in week out production. Right. So I think Amari Cooper is a perfect example. He's going to finish. He's, He's the typical, oh, he's a great best ball pick, when in reality he's not even a good best ball pick at the ADP you're going to get him at because he's so boomer bust. And that's when you're drafting for the finish. 
But when you're drafting a guy that high, you're, you're drafting him to be an every week starter for you. You're not drafting the wide receiver 12, probably most of the time your wide receiver one, the way drafts are going this year to only start half the games. That's if he stays healthy. So I think it's really just like, I, cause you're, you're, you're not going to sit him. Like, I'm not going to be like, Oh, I'm going to play. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to literally any streamer over Amari Cooper because it's Amari Cooper, right? But then he burns you and then you bench and then he goes off. So, like, it's just a thing where I just want to avoid completely. And another thing, the whole, like, vacated production thing for the Cowboys, it's it's a true statement, but I think it's being a little blown out of proportion because name how many times last week, if I would ask everyone that brings up the whole vacated production standpoint, um, how many times last year were you starting Jason Witten and Randall Cobb? Probably zero. Like, yes, there's a lot of vacated production, but vacated production does not mean guaranteed fantasy points to where you can start Dak, Zeke, Cooper, Lamb, Jarwin, Gallup. I mean, like, it's – so it's just kind of like I think people are overvaluating the situation a little bit. Yes, he got paid, but yes, he got paid on a front load of two years with zero money guaranteed after those two years because they don't trust him. Uh, they Jerry Jones, I don't even know who that man trusts because he's, he's just throwing his money all over the place. Now Mahomes got a deal. They have zero money for Dak. The salary cap's going to go down. Whole nother video why, why Dak's not going to get signed back. But, yeah, I think – yeah, I, I just can't draft him because it's the Ever. same thing. Yeah, it's the same thing every year. People will be like, but when he plays, okay, cool. When Will Fuller plays, he's the number one fantasy receiver, but he doesn't <laughs> play. Like, you just got to – we did to learn to accept that he's like a wide receiver too. Like, if he was in the fifth round – sixth round I'd maybe take him probably here and there but like still that's still a risky pick when I'm not trying to mess around with my top five guys when can I start these guys besides obviously health issues if they're missing games but I'm not sitting here like debating Amari Cooper versus probably not Randall Cobb probably now T Higgins probably guys that'll eventually be these flex guys that will stream uh through in through in throughout the year so yeah I'm with you just don't draft Amari Cooper take Michael Gallup like seven rounds later take the real number one receiver for this team Love it. All righty. So my, I have a trend with these ones a little bit. Yeah, um, I think I think your trend is like controversial, right? Your trend is I'm taking the most controversial guys I can. We'll see. I'm tired of Dewey's nuts getting talked down to on the comment section. I want I want a piece of that myself. That's your that's your stance. Hey man, it's controversial until they see what actually happens. So my first one, you know, I'm gonna go. Actually, no, I'm gonna go DeAndre Hopkins. I so my two are DeAndre Hopkins and Odell for obvious reasons. So. DeAndre Hopkins, he's going to the, uh, the high stakes leagues, the wide receiver five, and the fantasy pros ADP wide receiver three. Yes, he's probably a top two, three receiver in the league. I get that. I get that the Cardinals might throw the ball more this year because of air raid, whatever, but that's not actually the case. They're actually, they threw the ball less last year. They ran the ball quite a bit. But the reason that I um, have him on this list, I'll put the link down below to the article on sharpfootballanalysis.com. Rich Rebar is like their fantasy head or the only fantasy guy really on that site with Warren Sharp. And he went a deep dive breakdown. It's the Odell dynasty buy trade. sell, I think buy trades, I don't know, buy hold, uh, whatever. A dynasty player profile for Odell. And he took data for, so wide receivers in their first year, I'm going to use the same data in their second year on a new team for Odell that are drafted in the top 24 in those two years. So obviously Nuke's drafts in the top 24 fantasy wide receivers, wide receiver three to five range. And he looks at the point per game differential from the year they leave. So in this case, the Texans to now the Cardinal Cardinals in year one. So in that sample size, there's 17 players and the average percentage drop of fantasy points per game 
in PPR is negative 12.68% fantasy points per game. Keep in mind, this is a sample where Brandon Marshall saw an increase of 40% fantasy points per game increase. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember exactly if it was like what the, what the jump from A to B was, but that could mean, I don't know. It could mean 10 to, if I do my math right, what, 14%. So we'll see. Um, that could be him. That, we were talking about this before. This could be the outlier season that he finally breaks the code. But then I thought that's not a very broad sample. We need to look at people that have an ADP in the top 10 because obviously Nuke has an ADP in the top 10. There's four receivers in that sample. A negative 10.16 drop in fantasy points per game in year one of the new team. And you could say, well, Odell was drafted too high or whatever. Then I looked at the receivers in that sample with the market share uh, that year, the, the year – before they switched teams that had a market share of greater than 26% because that's what DeAndre Hopkins was right around the 27 to 28 career market share with an average drop of six in that sample size of negative 10.13%. Keep in mind, all three of these samples had the 40% increase of Brandon Marshall in that average. So it'd be a lot worse if he was not in that. I don't care if Kyler Murray's in year two. I don't care if blah, 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 air raid, because all that stuff happens every year and the numbers still reflect they go down in points per game. If you take that drop, I just took the 10.13. I gave him the benefit of doubt and gave him the smallest one. That put him at wide receiver four in points per game to wide receiver 11 in points per game. That's a guy you're taking maybe in round three, maybe in round four wide receiver 11 points per game. But if I would have done the 12, I don't, I don't actually do it, but the 12.68% drop, I'd imagine that's in wide receiver 15 to 16 points per game. So I look at all this and I'm like, why would we even draft anybody? I was completely off Odell last year for obvious reasons, because there was too much market share to be had on this new team that was presumably better because they were just like, anything's better than Eli Manning. And we saw last year that Odell had over a thousand receiving yards, but it was so, the team was just not good. The targets were not good. Apparently he was injured after he sucked, not while he sucked, after he sucked. (laughs) And this, the, the opportunity wasn't there. It's a similar situation. Nuke's coming from a team where he had 30% market share some seasons on a top five passing attempt team. So in reality, he was like in true market share targets. He was probably number one or two or three every single year. And we saw that every year. That's not going to be the case with a team with Akeem Butler, Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald, Kenyon Drake, Chase Edmonds, Eno Benjamin, Max Williams, Andy Isabella, Keyshawn Johnson, I think still there. Like there's just too many guys to be had. And at the wide receiver three to five, that's what? A round one pick, round two on the turn pick when you can go take Aaron Jones, Josh Jacobs. I know we don't want your video. You didn't want Josh Jacobs. But I feel like if it came down to it, you'd probably take Josh Jacobs over DeAndre Hopkins maybe. Or situated. I know you. Not me. All right. I mean, okay. You, I don't know. I guess. But I mean, I think like, especially now, since the running backs are going super early, just don't even take Newt. Just wait to take Julio. Wait to take DeAndre or Devontae Adams maybe in some leagues if he's going ahead of him. I don't even know who's Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. Like the numbers, I think people would be like, well, I'm not an analytics guy. I'll watch the tape. Where do you think the numbers come from? It's the tape with them playing the game. It has to come from somewhere. So I hate when people say that because the percentage dip is true. This is the last 10 years too. I forgot to mention that. It's in like the, the new age of, of the NFL, passing the ball, running the spread offense, running no huddle. So you do what you want, I guess. I'm going to avoid Nuke just like I avoided Odell last year, and we'll see if it plays out. But that being said, he is a type of player that could easily reverse 
uh, the point per game and give you that 40 percent increase a lot because he'd be like Michael Thomas last year, which probably isn't the case. I don't think he's getting 180 targets, but he could definitely maintain his fantasy value. I just don't see it happening. I mean, as as fantasy football analysis a, a, analysts, what we have to do um, is look at what the most likely thing is is to happen. Right? We obviously can't. We won't know, but most likely, based on historical data, there's going to be a fall off here. Like it's hard not to draft a guy like DeAndre Hopkins because there's so much emotional attachment people to have to this guy who's finished so well so often. But I understand what you're saying. I will let my emotions get the best of me. Um, I, I, you know, I would rather have a Julio than than uh, DeAndre Hopkins this year and redraft. Where, where do that. you where do I'll you have that. Hopkins Hopkins ranked in redraft? I, I think he's my five or six i want to say so obviously my ranking still that, yeah, that's completely subjective to where i'm going to draft him he's my top five I, I haven't totally finished my projections at the wide receiver position yet because there's so fucking many of them but uh yeah i think it i think it would be criminal for me not to just point out though um the the major flaw in the argument that you laid out and it was simply when you listed all the quote unquote mouths to feed in Arizona you started with Hakeem Butler and you ended with Keyson Johnson I mean it's not like these are big fucking names so like those are not every team has an entire wide receiver room filled with professional wide receivers but that doesn't mean every team has people gonna threaten the number one for for target share most of what you said was great and numbers are don't lie blah 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 but like come on bro Sorry, I'm sorry. They Even just Larry kinda, doesn't demand that many targets anymore. I mean, it just kind of came to my head as I thought of it, I guess. But, yeah, for sure. Okay, uh, my next guy here is A.J. Brown. Um, I have felt for a long time like people were a little too excited about this guy, but until I sat down to do the research, I wasn't sure. Now I feel fucking positive that he is somebody that you need to avoid at his price – in this redraft show, let me be clear about that. In Dynasty, obviously, AJ, somebody like A.J. Brown, different story. But we're talking redraft. Um, avoid this kid. He's going between wide receiver 15 and 18, depending on where we're looking, ADP. So he's a top half wide receiver two right now where he's going. And it's just too high. I'm going to start with a couple of splits that Lucas will pop up here for you. The first split I want to talk about, and these, you know, I said a minute ago that uh, that the splits for Amari Cooper were just as clear as day, but fucking A.J. Brown's splits are just as exciting to look at. Um, the first one we're going to look at is uh, games versus good defenses and games versus bad defenses, okay? So whenever he played a top 16 defense uh, based on finish record for the 2019 season versus a bottom 16 defense, um, here's our split. In the split is against the uh, good defense. Wait, yeah, good defenses. Sorry, out of the split is bad defenses. That is a 12-point PPR difference. So did he tear up? Did he eat when he fucking played a shitty defense? Yes, he did. But when he played against a bad defense, uh, not so much. Switch it. Did he – I said that backwards, didn't I? It's the keystone. I don't he know. Ate, I don't remember. He ate fucking his 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 lunch off the the bad defense's mama's titties, and he totally shit the bed whenever he played a good defense. A twelve point PPR split. That's really really bad. More to the point, 
and I'll get to this point a little bit later, two catches per game against the bad defenses versus just twice that against the good defense. Fuck, I said it backwards again. Two catches a game against the good defense versus just barely twice that against the bad defenses. Let's get off that split. It's driving me fucking crazy. Also, I need some beer. Hang on. Sounds good. I'll just let you roll. You're, you're doing great, I think. I don't, I don't really know if you are. I'm just going to keep talking. Was, all right, it's all you. All right, cool. But I, I finished that one. Okay. Next split here is just as good. And this is against um, – this is in wins versus in losses. This one's a little bit more interesting because the in split – is when his team, the Titans, ended up losing a game. The outer split is when they ended up winning a game. He scored eight points more, seven points more, some more fantasy points in their victories than he did in their defeats. Um, so seems a little backwards, right? You pass the ball more when you're winning. You run the ball more when you're losing. That's not how Tennessee liked to play last year. Certainly not to this get this kid. He scored more touchdowns in games. They were winning. Obviously, they scored more points in general. Um, had more double the yards in games they were they won than in games they lost. That is concerning for a team that looked they won nine games last year. Even if they do a little bit better than that and win ten games, that's six losses. And he scored less than ten PPR points in each one of his losses last year. So that's a little bit concerning. So some pretty clear splits there, um, and splits like that are concerning when. Now you're drafting a wide receiver two here, not a one like you did with Amari Cooper, but it's still concerning when it's going to be a weekend and weekend start out starter that you're trying to put in your roster um, that you're going to see those kind of differences uh, from one week to the next. The second reason that I think you should avoid AJ Brown, uh, just a team regression in general, it's coming for this team and it's coming for some of the players on this team that's going to affect AJ Brown's final numbers on year. First of all, let's look at Ryan Tannehill. Um, he had a great fucking season. He only played 10 games, whatever it was, last year. But he was the number three quarterback in average depth of target. He was the number three quarterback in the league for completion percentage. He was the number five quarterback in DVOA. Uh, he had the second highest touchdown rate in the league just behind Lamar Jackson. It was 7.7%, which puts him in the top 60 of all time for the last 100 fucking years. Ryan Tannehill is going to regress next year. Now, if you believe Ryan Tannehill is the second or third or fifth best quarterback in the league and he's going to repeat those numbers again, fine. Ignore me. But he's not, and he won't. A.J. Brown had the fifth highest touchdown percentage himself among all receivers with at least five touchdowns. So 43 receivers scored at least five touchdowns. He had the fifth highest touchdown percentage, that is touchdowns to catches. Um, not likely to happen again, right? Fourth highest wide receiver in DVOA last year. Maybe it's because he's the fourth best receiver in the league. If that's what you think, fine. I don't think it, so I'm avoiding him. I think the team in general is going to regress into some important statistical categories. First of all, they were number one in yards per pass attempt in the league. They were throwing it further than, further than anybody over the course of the whole season. They were number two in uh, yards per completed pass. Uh, and they were number three in total team quarterback passer rating. So that is between Mariota and Tannehill. When you put them together, um, that was the number three quarterback in the league in passer rating. Again, if you think that's who this team is, 
that they're going to continue to throw it deeper than anybody else in the league. If you think their quarterback is going to continue to finish as a better passer than almost anybody in the league, fine, draft him. I don't think that's likely. Um, last point here is another opportunity point. So, so last year, um, the big gripe about A.J. Brown, 86 or whatever it was targets on the year, that's all he had. So let me break down the league for you. 30 wide receivers in the league had at least 100 targets last year. That's 6.25 targets per game. All of the top 20 wide receivers at the end of the season had over 100 targets. Every single one of them had over 100 targets last year. A.J. Brown was number 21 at 84 targets, 86, whatever it was. So if you think about that number, 100 targets, as sort of a benchmark that you have to hit if you really want to break into that, that wide receiver one or the top half of wide receiver two numbers, um, let's use that 6.25 catch per game benchmark. So last year, A.J. Brown had five games where he had over – 6.25 targets in those games. Eight of his games, he had less than five targets. Four of his games, he had less than four targets. Okay, If you only look at the games he played with Ryan Tannehill, he had 6.1 targets per game over those 10 games or whatever it was. That's a 97 target pace. I know it's not that far off of 100, but I want to repeat this bit. All of the receivers that finished in the top 20 last season had more than 100 targets, every single one of them. If, if you believe that A.J. Brown is going to – they're just going to start chucking it to him a ton, great. I don't think so. If you take away one game, he had 13 targets, no other games with double-digit targets last season. Um, he's just not the volume guy that you need uh, to be successful as your number two is – fuck, if you take – if you goddamn take Amari Cooper and then A.J. Brown right after, like you're going to have game, weeks where you score 30 total fantasy points uh, and you're going to get destroyed. I'm just going to list for you guys a couple of guys going after A.J. Brown in drafts that I would much rather have. Cooper Cup, please, God, give me Cooper Cup instead of A.J. Brown. Robert Woods, DJ, D.K. Metcalf even as a second-year player I would rather have uh, than A.J. Brown just because of the way that that team, that team will continue to score touchdowns. I'd rather have Stephon Diggs, A.J. Green, or some running backs. I love David Johnson. I think Cam Akers is a better pick than A.J. Brown right now. Even David Montgomery, Devin Singletary, or hey, why not a Darren Waller who's going one pick after A.J. Brown in the fantasy mojo? Like Waller is separating himself from most of the tight ends. Not something Brown's going to do. I'm concerned with a guy who doesn't get the volume and on a team that's going to be worse next year than it was this year. I mean, all the splits, I'm going to go super non-like me on this one. Um, you guys remember the playoffs when he couldn't get open against the number one corners? He had like 10 receiving yards, 20 receiving yards. And every time I say that, everyone's like, well, Tannehill only threw for 70 yards. Well, well yes, that, that, that would make sense. He only threw for 70 yards because they run all over teams. And they don't need to throw the ball. And who's he supposed to throw to if his number one receiver couldn't even get open? Uh, yeah, exactly. So that being said, you don't want a guy that – you don't want to rely on an alpha for a team that's not actually an alpha for a team, right? Like you don't, you don't want your wide receiver one to be Calvin Ridley, even though I have him ranked as a wide receiver one, because he's not the primary target for the team, right? I mean, you don't – you're not rolling in there like, oh, my gosh, I hope A.J. Brown gets 12 targets this week. No, it's not going to happen, especially now that they have the easiest run schedule and they have no financial attachment to Derrick Henry in the future. Like, they might actually give Derrick Henry 300 rushing attempts this year, and it might actually work. So I, I feel like 
Yeah, that's, I, some, that's something that you've said time and time again. Like, this team is going to literally run his dick into the dirt until mm. it snaps right off at the base. Like, they don't care. So, even less targets for A.J. Brown. I know. And, like, as no, we're not saying A.J. Brown is bad. Like, I, I don't expect him to get open on Stephon Gilmore in his first playoff game as a rookie as the alpha receiver that just got thrown into the fire because Corey Davis is not that good. So, yeah, I, I, he could ultimately boost up, sure. But the chance of that happening on the team he's on with the targets that he's getting are probably not good. That being said, though, Dynasty, he, him, and, yeah, him and DJ Moore and Calvin Ridley are probably three of my higher-owned uh, Dynasty receivers because they're both beasts for sure. And, and, like, if I could if I could have A.J. Brown as my three, I would love to have A.J. Brown as my three, right? Like, mm-hmm. that'd be great. But that's not where he's going right now. And we say no. it every, every single week. It's not like we hate these guys, except Amari Cooper. It's just that we hate the price you're paying for them. It's not worth it. You need to avoid them at that price. For sure. Absolutely. All righty. My next guy, kind of along the same lines as Odell, like I said. So that same study, that's the same article, if you go down below. This one's actually about him. Took data points from year two on the new team. So two years out from when they switched teams. So last year we saw Odell's first year out from the Giants. This is year two. And for some reason, people are all over him. His wide receiver 12 in all three ADP spots that we state. Like I said last year, he was like my wide receiver 20 to 25. He's my wide receiver 30 right now, right where he finished last year. And people are probably screaming and have already got bets about Edelman over Odell, whatever. That's not the case. In year two of that same sample of top 24 receivers switching teams, there's 13 teams. Four of the guys did not even make it to year two in terms of top 24 ADP. So they just fell off. That has to mean something. That has to be an indicator. The average dip, or sorry, four of 15, so 11, 11 total guys. The average dip of those 11 guys was negative 26% points per, dip in points per game from uh, from the year prior, so from Odell's last year on the Browns. So you're like, on average, he's dropping negative 26% points per game from what he had last year at wide receiver 29. Is that something you want to draft? Probably not, but everyone's going to make the argument that Talent always wins out. It's Odell. It'll get figured out. Remember, I said he was hurt after he sucked, not when he sucked, after. Well, he's projected to miss 3.2 games from sports injury predictor this year. He's been injured or an injury of some sort every year from 2012 up until now. So that's not going away. I know I mentioned Baker on the quarterbacks to avoid. That is great from clean pocket. was 26th uh, overall. His on-target percentage from PFF's um, QB annual, so like the quarterbacks they chart, I think it was like 38 of them, was 34th. That doesn't improve when your grade under pressure was fifth. So it's not like, I remember I remember last time you were confused, like, wait, he was actually good under pressure but bad in the clean pocket when yeah. the whole argument was his own line sucks. Not the case. So I know I listed off the run splits. They're going to run the ball more with the new coach, Stefanski. I think it's like 8% more um, on average. So really, what are you banking on? He'll probably get 1,000 receiving yards just due to the volume he's getting. Unless Baker flips the switch and becomes this really good quarterback, the targets aren't much better. They're going to run the ball more. He's apparently banged up, but now he's recovered. But normally you don't recover in two months from the injury that he supposedly had. So I think it's just another situation where, especially with the year two and the new team being worse than year one, that's a red flag there. And not to mention it's a run first team. It's basically AJ Brown with an injury is what you're trying to draft. You're drafting similar targets, similar upside. You could argue because Odell's still a good receiver. He can still break plays. We saw it last year. 
uh, when the Jets, like, seventh-string safety playing corner tried to cover him on the one play, and he had, like, a 98-yard touchdown. Everyone thought he was back <laughs> back for the season. But, no, it's it's not happening. And I, I've i already stated that um, I if it happens, then I'll eat my own words and I'll be on the Browns if they're actually a good team. But they're a team where I'm not throwing in – hype until I actually see it it's it's I and it's a true story though because it's still the Browns their best season in the last like seven years was seven and nine so what are you really buying into just don't buy into an injured receiver with allegedly an average dip in points again on a run first team the there's a there's a reason that Cleveland Browns fans went to sleep one night years and years ago and woke up and there was no longer a team in Cleveland like Avoid this team at all costs just because of who they are. I don't care who the guy's name is, Kareem Hunt. But otherwise, the sure. Cleveland Browns are cursed, friend. Don't fucking touch them. I like what you said. Most people won't. But I like what you said about uh, him and A.J. Brown. He's like the A.J. Brown of wide receiver ones, right? Going to struggle to get the volume. Mm-hmm. Uh, you didn't even mention Austin Hooper coming to this team, who was a fucking stud tight end uh, receiving option. They decided they wanted – didn't they extend – uh, Njoku too who's now begging for a trade well yeah I don't really know what's going on there and then Harrison Bryant like people forget that he was the Mackey award winner the well, best tight end not. in college football that was mocked in round one of mock draft like by like NFL guys not by us yep. by NFL guys so I don't know I, it's just a thing that like it's a certain trend I find in fantasy that people always die on these hills because they don't see and it's not that like AJ Brown's a fantastic receiver. Cooper's a fantastic receiver. Hopkins a fantastic receiver. Odell's a fantastic receiver. But we're here to show you situational spots that you don't fall into. Because we, it's, the fantasy football is so subjective. We can't tell you who to start every freaking week because it doesn't matter because your opponent is starting someone different than we're playing someone different. So we just have to show you where you can make less mistakes. Wait, wait, Especially, wait. Okay. We can tell you who to start every week if you buy our all-in package sure. as your co-manager – for, through the fucking draft guide website. Come on. That's true. That's absolutely true. So with that being said, I mean, I, we kind of wrapped it up there. So do you have any other people? I have a, I have a jello shot for the people today. Do you have there a shot? Um, sure. Listen, listen, you YouTube viewers, hit the subscribe button and the bell or whatever. When, when this channel gets 300 subscribers, I'm going to fucking make Lucas take a shot with this. I will send him a bottle in the mail. So he has no but here's a uh, it was one of our red, white, and blue series for the fourth jello shots for y'all. There you go. That being said, guys, draft guide down below. We'll continue to plug it. You can literally, you don't have to buy it now, you can buy it before the season. It's all going to be on there, obviously, because, like I said, it's a running website. We've been hard at work on it. Uh, we absolutely know it's worth more than it's selling for, but we're not trying. We are trying to make money, but we're not trying to run you. We just want to help you guys win some leagues and not draft. Amari Cooper, Odell, I'm forgetting names, A.J. Brown, and half DeAndre Hopkins, I guess. Yeah. Um, ten, Best value in America. See you guys next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.